0: Yeah, we're absolutely thrilled to be coming at you live on one of the premier college radio stations in the nation, keeping you up to date with the latest and the greatest of the pack of NC State. John, how is it hanging right now? It's going good, Benjamin.
1: How are you doing?
0: I'm doing fantastic. I have been waiting all week to get on air and talk sports with just everybody anyone that's listening yeah thanks for tuning in to the 12th week of the pack is life sports show yeah week three months man the tom brady week the goat week oh basically because tom brady's (laughs) number 12 i get it i get it all (laughs) right so what's on the docket for today's show we're definitely going to talk about the world series oh yeah of course game seven the best
1: two words in sports game seven coming up uh series tied three three definitely going to talk some nba um some charlotte hornets probably some pack pros uh Dennis Smith in particular. Um, going to talk some Carolina Panthers with the recent trade news of one of our star wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to talk some NC State football with the big homecoming matchup coming up. Uh, NC State basketball is getting underway very soon. Finally. As well as yes. women's basketball. Uh, volleyball, men's and women's soccer, wrestling, men's and women's tennis, softball, swimming, rifle.
0: We got a ton for you today. A lot to talk about, and we're going to kick that off. And emphasis on kick off because... We're going to start out by talking about women's soccer today.
1: Yeah, women's soccer, uh, 14-4-1. We started um, the ACC tournament, but before that, we had senior night against
0: Louisville. Mm -hmm. How did that
1: game go, Benjamin?
0: A 2-1 victory for the North Carolina State Wolfpack.
1: Yeah, Ziara King, she led the way with two goals on two shots. I mean, I'd say that's pretty efficient, um, all the goals in the game were scored in the second half. Uh, King scored um, early in the second half. Louisville equalized, and then
0: uh, King scored again, and it was too much to handle for Louisville. The game winner, which had NC State hosting. Well, they had already clinched hosting an ACC tournament game, which they hosted versus number 24 at the time, Notre Dame. Yeah, uh,
1: that game ended 4-1 to in favor of the Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. Another
0: uh, 0-0 halftime score.
1: Yeah, we're really on a roll right now. Notre Dame actually came out and they scored in the 60th minute to make it 1-0. After that, all Wolfpack.
0: Yep, Ziara King scored again to pull at 1-8. E- she scored three times, actually. Yep. She scored in the 66th minute. Then Rachel Cox scored the game winner five minutes later. And Ziara King just piled on in the 77th and 84th minute to get that hat trick. For yeah. a 4-1 win.
1: Hat Fun. trick, 5 goals in 2 games. Ziara King is definitely the best uh
0: goal scorer on our team without yep. a doubt and one of the best in the ACC. Yep, and she uh earned ACC player of the week for five five of our six goals in those two wins. Fun fact, John, I actually had a hat trick in a soccer game. Really? Yeah, it was it was rec, it was rec soccer, find, but you know. Okay, now that's more believable. It, it was like three soccer. goals in the first half and when I was playing forward, I always played mid and then they put me at forward and it was cool. Well done. I thought I was going to get six well goals, done. man. They put me on defense after <laughs> that. The other team was terrible. But a hat trick is an experience you haven't had and I have. So, you're not. <laughs> uh, you don't know that. Uh,
1: Nazi, CC, H- NC State uh moving on. Uh, they're actually back in the national rankings at number 24, mm-hmm. moving on to play number 4 UNC um That's on Friday, Friday at eight. yeah. Yes. Top 5 UNC. Yeah, like we said, uh getting to the ACC semifinals That is a very big deal, considering how good Mm -hmm. this conference is.
0: Yeah, and and the Pack went to the Sweet 16 last year in the NCAA tournament. And they're no doubt going to be a tournament team again this year. And we're going to keep you guys up to date right here on Packers Life Sports Show. Yeah,
1: even if we don't beat UNC on Friday, I mean, UNC could be a one seed in the tournament, Mm -hmm. potentially. So we're still going to have, definitely going to have
0: an NCAA tournament berth. Um, I'm really excited where this season can go. Yeah, and a quote from Coach Tim Santoro about advancing to the ACC semifinals. A quote, any postseason win, whether it's in the ACC championship or NCAA tournament, is big, especially for this program because there hasn't been many in a long time.
1: Going back to what you said about me not having a hat trick, I never played soccer. I have had a hat trick in water polo though. So
0: is it real did they use the term hat trick in water? Anytime you score a goal and you get three, it's a hat trick. Uh, Soccer, hockey,
1: water polo. Oh yeah, that's right. Hockey hockey, as well. Anything. Yeah.
0: All right, so I guess you have had a hat trick. Yes. All right. Of sorts. (laughs) In men's soccer, they are also had the tournament. They uh, drew with Boston College 0-0 on senior night. So that was a really close game in double overtime. There was one scoring chance in the second overtime by Juan Luca Eileen shot a it was just a blazing shot from outside the box that almost scored it was a diving save by the keeper and it still hit off the post wow that's um it shows how soccer can be a game of inches yeah especially
1: I mean even in the second overtime which is like what like the 107 or something minute anywhere in that in that range yeah very few shots on goal, though. I don't think Boston College had a single shot on goal, especially maybe not in the second half. And NC State had that one, like you said, in the second overtime. So a 0-0 draw, very low scoring. Uh,
0: but that was, yeah. That's Speaking not, that's of not the typical ACC of our tournament, season, tonight, 7 o'clock, Dale Soccer Field. I think it's the first time in program history that we're hosting an ACC tournament game. We are hosting... Virginia Tech in the ACC tournament. And in soccer, for some reason, they call it the ACC championship. So when I was doing my research for the show and I saw that the women's had gotten to the ACC championship, I was way more excited because I thought that was the championship. But yeah, I guess the yeah. tournament is called the championship Soccer is weird. Yeah, for basketball fans, just call it. It's basically the ACC tournament. Mm-hmm. The hey. good news
1: about us being home, though, is that we're six-one and three at home. Yep, with the only loss coming to a Num- uh, top top-five Wake Forest team. Wake Forest, that's right. Yeah, and we've outscored our opponents thirteen to seven. So um, nice. the Hokies, not one of the stronger ACC teams. Yeah, they're at five hundred. Yeah, they're allowing the most goals per match in the ACC. They've lost three of the last four. But they are on a winning streak. They beat Pittsburgh 3 to nothing to close their
0: season. Uh, should be a good game tonight, yep. honestly. We yeah. lead the series 15-8-1. And, one. and uh, interestingly, even though they uh, allow the most goals in the ACC at average almost two a game, their goalie is in the top ten nationally in saves. So apparently his supporting cast... Their
1: defense just gives up a lot of shots yeah, on goal, I think.
0: Maybe, yeah, they're just not so hot on the back end there. Yeah. So moving on to cross-country... Talking about ACC championships, the women's cross country won the ACC championship. For the 23rd time. 23rd. That's history. Michael Jordan's number. <laughs> 23 Tom ACC Brady, championships. This week.
1: Tom Brady and Michael Jordan. LeBron and James. Week. This is the GOAT uh, week, man.
0: <laughs> two 23 ACC championships. They did it on with the runners finishing third, fourth, and fifth in the ACC championship race with Clermonti, Hens, and Kuhn finishing in that order respectively for 43 points you get less points for you get the points for where your team finishes in the cross country kind of like golf you want yeah. a lower score lower yeah. scores yeah
1: that's our second straight conference title uh we beat every team in the field by more than 60 points which means wow. that every other team was in the triple digits in scoring and we
0: were still um below 43 50. yeah yes. so we uh More than doubled the margin. Yep, and totally dominated the women's cross-country. The men, they weren't too shabby themselves. Ranked number 22 in the country. They had 98 points from their top five runners who all finished within 15 seconds of each other.
1: Yeah, and see, our men, uh, the the male wolf pack uh, got... Uh, third in the ACC tournament, Mm -hmm. edging Virginia by two points. Really close. Uh, Syracuse took on the team title. That's their fifth straight. Wow. Okay. Uh, Their top three runners finished 14th, 15th, and 16th, respectively. So, obviously a very deep team in Syracuse.
0: Yeah, so, you know, 23 ACC championships, two straight for the women's side in cross country. The men's just finished third in the conference, and they're a top 25 team. So, both the cross country programs are really, really good. The... Combined between the men's and women's, they combined for eight all ACC performances. And to wow. be all ACC performance, you have to finish in the top 21. So we had eight runners finish within the top twenty one in both men's and women's. That
1: that's a very val- balanced program. Like um you see with a lot of schools, sometimes they just have a very strong men's program or a very strong women's mm-hmm. program. I think it just shows like how deep we really are. Yeah, and Especially how good our of our women winning the um winning the conference. And how nice of a
0: job uh, Debbie Yao has done being athletic director for yes, NC State. Indeed, yeah, yeah. Tremendous job for all the programs, including, you know, football now and hopefully basketball. But all those non revenue sports are doing quite well for the Wolf Pack. Up next in cross country is in two weeks, the pack will uh, get ready for the NCAA Southeast Regional Championship that is set for Friday, November 10th in Charlottesville, Virginia. Yeah, the top two teams from each region earn an automatic bid to the national championships in Louisville on Saturday, November 18th. So hopefully we'll be able to you know get through there. And coming in as ACC champions, we're probably going to be in Louisville. On the 18th. Likely you can expect NC State to uh, be represented at the national championships. Yeah. So moving on to another non-revenue sport rifle. Now, they didn't have a competition last week, but senior Dura Pakari was named for a finalist for a very prestigious award here at NC State, the prestigious Leader of the Pack Award. Yeah, this award recognizes students who make uh,
1: great contributions to NC State, uh, leadership, scholarship, and community service. And the scholarship recipient will receive a three thousand dollars scholarship and a cra- excuse me, a class ring.
0: Yeah, and will be recognized at the homecoming game. Uh, her coach Keith Miller said, "Quote: Duria is a very well-rounded young lady, and I'm super proud of her. She's a great teammate and an excellent student, and it's nice for her to be a finalist for this prestigious honor."
1: Durya is a major in communication with a focus in media, a- uh, minoring. Yeah, that's our major, uh, minoring in Spanish, English, and journalism. She plans to
0: join the Navy and become a naval aviator. Yep, and she's from uh, Rota, Spain, so you know that minor in Spanish was probably pretty fun for her as well. If <laughs> yes, only I could indeed. speak Spanish. Man, I, I probably should take those classes. <laughs> well, anyway, hopefully the, the award is decided. Uh, our selected ba- The finalists are selected based on a combination of written essays and their leadership and service experience, and it's also grade point average and a student body vote. So I'm going to have to go out and vote for Duria Picari, of the NC State rifle team to win that uh, leader of the pack award and show that our athletes here are true student athletes in doing it on both facets of being a student athlete. Mm-hmm. So moving on, another team that had a big week in the men's and women's side, mm-hmm. yes, swimming and diving. Yes, I always have to. I always forget to say the and diving because I don't, I don't. We're not quite as good, but we're so good at diving, but we're not quite as good at swimming. So we had. Uh, meet earlier this week or last week. so what happened there, John?
1: Uh, we went up to Madison, Wisconsin and our men matched up with their men and vice versa with our women. Uh, our men ranked number seven in the country, defeated Wisconsin 216 to 126 and our wow. women ranked number 13 in the country, defeated the number 18th ranked Madison or Wisconsin women. 202 to 149. So a complete sweep of men's and women's teams in swimming and
0: diving. Very good showing for our team. So the cross-country, the finishers are added up, and the lower the score, the better. So how does a a college swim meet work out with finishers, and you get that score, say, 216 for the men's? Basically, when it's a dual
1: meet, meaning there are only two teams, uh, it's just head-to-head points. So likely, you're going to
0: get points based on where you finish in the final heats, So eight points if you're finishing first, since there's eight lanes, all the way down to one point for finishing I don't think
1: that's the way it works. I'm not sure how um, college swimming works, because I have not swam in college. But I remember in high school that if you got first, it was eight points, second was five, and third was three. And you got no points for after that, but college might do it different? Yes, I'm not really sure how college does it. All I know is that
0: if you win by about 100 points, you dominated over half of the events. Yeah, we have several potential Olympians on our swim team, and they're really, really good. What are some of the events that we won? Well, we swept the 400 medley and the 200 freestyle relays. Uh,
1: That means men's and women's won, and our men won the 200 medley relay. So that means right there, combining men's and women's, we won five out of the eight relays. Wow. Five out of eight, which means Wisconsin won three of eight. But still, five out of eight Yeah, Yeah. and also there's individual races as well, right? Yeah. When you do those uh, team events. We swept the 1,500, 50 freestyle in men's and women's. We only lost the 200 out of the freestyle
0: events in men's and women's. That's a weird distance in my opinion. Which one? If you're the fastest at the 200, you're not the fastest, but you also can't swim the longest. It's kind of like with running. Well, the the thing about the 200 is that um,
1: it's the 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 longest sprint event. Okay. So it's like... If you ran track, it's like running the 400. It's like you're you're still going 100% for the 200, but you still pace yourself. So it's a combination of distance and speed, and that's why it's one of the most difficult I'm the difficult fastest in win. the middle
0: distance. Yay. Like, you're not the fastest in the world if you win the 200 free, but you're also not— If you're the fastest in the 200, you're the fastest in the world. It's the fastest 200, but who's it... the fastest man alive? Usain Bolt. Because he wins the 100 meters. No one cares who wins the 200 it's, Yeah, meter. but you're not worried about maximum speed. It's about doing an event. It's strategic. It's not just
1: blindly sprinting. No disrespect to people who swim the 50 free. As I don't Cullen want you jo- to take away from the 200 and oh, the no, distance. Oh, no, i I just thought it was yeah, an interesting. Yeah, you were, actually. I just thought
0: it was an interesting distance. It. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, it was interesting... Don't take
1: away from the 200.
0: So coming up for the Wolfpack, <laughs> the uh, women have a short week as they travel to California, and they will swim against number one Stanford... Katie Ledecky (laughs) on November 3rd and number 2, California on November 4th. Just a word about Katie Ledecky. Um,
1: Number one, she stayed in school and did not take any uh, scholarships so that she could maintain her amateur status and -hmm. compete in college. I think that's very admirable. Number two, I think she is more dominant than Michael Phelps, and I'll explain why. Because nobody has come close to beating her since she was 15 years old. She's still only... 19 or she's 20 now, but she was really? 19. Yeah, she was 19 in Rio. Nobody had come close to beating her. Uh, she has so many world records. I think Katie Ledecky's is going to go on to be the greatest swimmer of all time. It does, Phelps will probably have more golds, but Ledecky will not be touched in will any of her be, events
0: for a long, long time. Will she be the face of swimming like Michael Phelps is? I think she already is.
1: Already is. Absolutely.
0: I'll disagree that she already is because she can't be in ads, and that's a huge part of brand for these athletes because she's a a student athlete. I don't don't think she has to be,
1: just considering most people who follow swimming are going to know her name anyway.
0: Well, everyone knows Michael Phelps. Partly, they know him, of course, every year for the Olympics, but they also know him because they see him in advertisements and promoting products Mm. for the rest of the four years. You have to keep your brand up, and she can't right now because she's in school and the NCAA. But we'll talk more about the NCAA and what they do which I'm not quite (laughs) sure what good they do. What do they do? (laughs) We'll talk a little bit about them later when we talk about men's basketball. But But, moving on to softball. Sorry to cut you off. mm -hmm. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. Uh, So the pack had the fall finale. So the season's divided into the fall and the spring section. And so this was the fall section. In their fall finale, they went over to Elon and swept them in two games. A 3-0 win in game one and an 8-2 victory in the night cap.
1: Yeah, outscoring them 11-2 over the course of two games. Uh, a very strong showing. Uh, the Wolfpack took a 1-0 lead. Uh, Jade Carraway scored on Lily Bishop's sack fly. Uh, in the sixth inning, NC State tacked on two runs. Uh, Bishop hit a two-run home run. And uh, pinch hitter Gina Autry got a base hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin Wallace, Brittany Nemo, and Harley Hubbard all contributed to a shutout
0: and only gave up six hits. Yeah, and that was in the 3-0 winning game one. Game two, NC State jumped out to a 3-0 lead in the second inning. Uh, Timberland sherbat drew a two-out two out walk. Madeline Curtis followed with a single, and then a pair of Elon throwing errors with, with Brittany Nimmo at bat allowed all three players to score. And the, the pack had five runs on four hits and three errors in the third inning.
1: Yeah, Elon cut the deficit to seven in the fourth on a Wolfpack error. They added another run, but it just wasn't enough.
0: Yep, so the pack swept Elon, closed out their fall finale, and so they're not going to play any more softball until the spring semester. Right,
1: we're going to see them in the spring. Uh, it's starting to get
0: cold. Yeah, it is starting
1: to get cold. It's, it's like not 30-something it's degrees not the other It's not baseball morning. time anymore. <laughs> All
0: yeah. right. So that's, they're going to play in the spring. So moving on to men's and women's tennis, what's a quick update on what's going on with the, the men's and women's tennis?
1: Well, in the women's and, and the men's, you got the ITA Fall National Championships mm-hmm. coming up. Uh, NC State will have representatives in doubles in both of those events. Uh, Claudia Wictorin and Anna Rogers as a pair will represent State. Uh, that is from November 2nd through the 5th. And on the men's side, Alexis Gallerno and Michael Ogden will also compete in doubles. And Alexis Gallerno will compete in singles for NC State, nice. so he's going to be competing in uh, what you could call two events at the na- the fall national championships. Um, so it's good to have representation in the men's in
0: our from our men's and women's team. Yep, and those non-revenue sports still representing national championships. They might, I won't say they will win it, but it would be pretty cool if they did. It'd be
1: very cool. I mean, they'd uh, it'd be pretty incredible, honestly. I mean, seated at fourteen. It's a pretty high seed, but also, you know, you got a lot of good teams ahead of you. So, yeah,
0: yep. just making it to the national championships. Yeah, huge honor. Huge pretty honor. good achievement. Yeah. Yep. And so, moving on to uh, non-re- other non revenue sports, uh, Pack Wrestling, their season is going to start up in a little while, and we're going to keep you up to date with that right here on Package Life Sports Show. Thank you so much for listening, by the way. You can follow us on Twitter at Package Life NCSU. But back to the wrestling, they open the season and they are ranked eighth nationally in a preseason poll and they are going to have an open practice on Saturday, wrestle-offs is what this is called, and it's going to be in the football indoor practice facility before the Clemson game. It's right there where the football team practices during the week, so on your way to the game on Saturday, hopefully if, you, if you're lucky enough to get a ticket, um, just stop in. The door's open at 1230 at the practice facility, and they're going to have an open wrestling practice. So yeah, just cool.
1: everyone should go while you're tailgating, uh, while
0: you're preparing for the game. Should be pretty fun. It's not a lot of uh, investment there. You know, it would be pretty easy. It's right there near the football You'll game. already be over there. Yeah, well, I wish I would be if I got a ticket to the game. Yeah, there's still time. There's still time. Hopefully I can, I can get one off somebody. Anyway, so moving on to volleyball. The uh, team traveled to Miami and lost in straight sets. But, you know, all the sets were within four points.
1: Yeah, it was a lot closer than it looked. Uh, that's our second loss in three games in the ACC. But we're still, um, at the time, we were 9-2. Uh, you'll soon see that we're 10-2 and two in the ACC. Uh, mm-hmm. Julia Brown had 10 kills. Tenny Sopatin had 10 kills. And Bree Bailey had 8 kills. But, of course, uh, when you lose in three sets, those numbers are going to be a lot lower mm-hmm. because there's a
0: lot less chances yeah, to score just points. Just less volleyball being played. Exactly, yeah. But I heard I kind of hint, you hinted there at a win later in the week.
1: Yes, uh, we went to Florida State. Um, we were down one nothing and also two one in the set count, but we came back to rally a uh, thrilling five set victory. Uh, State, as I mentioned, has ten wins in the ACC, uh, tied for first place in the conference. A good volleyball conference. Mm-hmm. That's a, I mean, we had a great run, even though despite those two losses. Still one of the best teams in the ACC. Uh Bree Bailey had twenty four kills. Goodness. Julia gracious. Brown had twenty three. And Tenny Sabatan had eighteen kills and four blocks. So obviously our big three in terms of
0: um spiking it down, not necessarily in terms of assists, but mm-hmm. um Yeah, over twenty yeah. plus kills for two players. That's pretty good. Yeah. So the Wolfpack next host Syracuse this Friday night at seven o'clock. In Reynolds Coliseum. Just scan your student ID card and just hop on into Reynolds. It's a great venue.
1: Also in Reynolds Coliseum is an exhibition game this Thursday, November 2nd at 7 p.m. That is for our women's basketball team. Uh, Not the official home opener, but still an exhibition game. So you should come out and support. Our women's team, might I remind you, did better than our men's team last year. That's not uncommon. Not no. uncommon at all. No, <laughs> they are just as worthy of our support as the men's team are. So, Absolutely, they yes. are. They're probably better, honestly. I mean, I I expect them. Last year, we had a couple top 25 wins, a mm-hmm. couple upsets. I'm really excited for this season.
0: Uh, Yeah, the season's just getting started, so we're, yep. we're going to see what's happening. And so, I love basketball. It is my favorite sport to play, and depending on the time of year, my favorite sport to watch. It honestly flip-flops but whenever they're in season but the men's basketball program is having an exhibition this Friday at 7 o'clock in PNC Arena.
1: Yeah, the season starts on November 10th, so this is just essentially a preseason game against Mars Hill, uh, another D1 school from North Carolina. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go out and support. Should be a great game. Uh, News from NC State's roster, um, Abdul Malik Abu has a fan favorite, Mm-hmm. has a grade 2 MCL sprain and no timetable on his injury.
0: Uh, what do you uh, think about that? Well, I was really really scared when I saw that headline come across on my phone earlier like sometime last week but
1: Anytime I see the letters CL, yeah. I I think it's I think it's worse than it is.
0: But But. it was only a sprain, so he should be back. I think some estimates had him as like uh, two weeks or four weeks a month, but he's definitely going to be back for like the meat of the uh, basketball schedule when we're playing teams where we're going to really need him. I've looked at the schedule. We're not playing a lot of uh, super high-up teams in the beginning of the season. I'll tell you why you should go to the exhibition game is you'll be able to watch Braxton Beverly, I think, because he's not going to be playing during the regular season, but I think he can play during an exhibition.
1: I am not sure about that, so I'm just going to take your word for it. I but, feel of course, like, yeah. if you haven't heard the news about Braxton Beverly, um, our heralded freshman guard, he is has been ruled ineligible by the NCAA and denied an appeal, so he will not be playing this season. Because he's a transfer student, John. He's transferring. <laughs> well, the deal was that um, he
0: was taking classes at Ohio State. What, trying to learn? Learned. Take classes? <laughs> These athletes, we can we have to show them, you are not here to learn. You are here to play sports. If you take classes and learn, we're punishing you for that. That's how it works. Well,
1: the deal was that he was trying to transfer his credits from Ohio State so that they're saying he's a transfer from uh, Ohio State. He's still going to have four years of eligibility. I think um, he's basically a red shirt. Basically, taking a redshirt year. I don't think it's as big a deal as people think. Obviously, he would provide some scoring and shooting for us uh, just from some perimeter offense. But, I mean, it may be critical to the team's development down the road. It may be helpful um, when uh, Coach Keats starts getting all his recruits there to have someone who's been there for an extra year. So I mean I can see the bright side of all this. He's still I gonna have that in you. of eligible. that in you, John. But. I also am not super angry at the NCAA for that because all right. the interpretation of the rule, they made the right ruling. So well, yeah, they yeah exactly. So they either need to get rid of the rule. Which is not going
0: to happen. Well, there's this thing called exception against the rule. It's like the spirit of the rule here. The spirit of the rule is to keep players from transferring, just jumping from one school to the next. But the and thing you- was that he was
1: considering playing at Ohio State, so they—that's why they didn't give him an exception.
0: Ah, uh, but he was just—he was just taking summer classes. He hadn't but, played for them but yet. But
1: considering is still like the um, semester hadn't even. Yeah, started. but you could be considering Duke, and then say that, um, like, Coach K decides to retire. And then you want to transfer because you wanted to play for Coach K. But that rule would keep you from doing that simply because of a coaching change. So I I definitely understand the rule. It's a shame that Braxton Beverly is not going to get to play this year. But, I mean, I think the NCAA, like, I don't have a crazy problem with the ruling here. And it's, I think it's a, lot, a lot of people just jump to emotional, like, oh, he's getting punished for going to class. That's what
0: the sitting out is. It is a penalty. It's
1: a punishment for he's transferring. Not, it's not a punishment. It's just a. It's just uh, making him, it's just classifying him a different way. And it's not punishing him for
0: going to class. It's just basically saying, like, we're going to treat you just like any other transfer. But it's not the same as any other transfer is what I'm arguing. I feel no. like most NC State fans would agree with me as well.
1: I agree that it's a shame, but I think like the rule is in um, like I don't like the NCAA. I've, I've said that. I've made that clear. I've heard you before. They say benefit. That, yeah. They definitely benefit from, um, especially like the revenue sports, men's basketball and football. They benefit from their likeness, and the money keeps rolling in. But on this rule in particular, I don't have that much of a problem.
0: Well, fair enough, fair enough. Okay. I do have a problem, but we will move <laughs> Agree on. Agree to we, disagree. We can't talk about this all day. So the season starts on November 10th, and that is on in 7 p.m. at PNC. We're playing VMI, and so that's the men's basketball season. Looking forward to that Wait, as well. Wait, on um, November 10th. On Friday? Oh, oh, to open the season, yeah, yes. VMI. Yeah. The exhibition is this Friday versus Mars that's Hill right. that's at right. 7 p.m. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to try to go to that. So NC State football. They played at now... Number three, Notre Dame, and yeah. it did not turn out so hot for the pack. In fact, they lost 35-14. to 14.
1: Yeah, one of the better teams in the country, Notre Dame. They only have one loss this season, and that loss was a one-point loss to number
0: one, Georgia. Yeah, which is no, a surprise. Num, Georgia surpassed Alabama in the rankings. Which is the first college football rankings, which, in my opinion, should be the first rankings we ever see. We shouldn't see any preseason rankings.
1: I I could agree with that, uh, considering how short the football season was. But NC State, they did uh, come in at 20th in the playoff rankings. Uh, Two losses. We're still alive in the ACC championship. Undefeated in the ACC. Undefeated in the ACC. That's the important thing to me. Losses at South Carolina and Notre Dame are not going to hurt us in terms of ACC play. And, of course, we got a big game on
0: Saturday. Yep, hosting Clemson. And Clemson has the one loss over at Syracuse, which we beat. And so, basically, if NC State beats Clemson, Clemson would now have two losses in the Atlantic, which... And NC State would have the tiebreaker. Yep. So, this,
1: this win would all but guarantee that NC State will be in the ACC Championship with three games to play. We would have to lose all three games, and Clemson went out, in order
0: to not make it to the ACC Championship, provided that we win on Saturday. Which I really hope we do. But briefly, going back to Notre Dame... Uh, some of the stats from the game Notre Dame it was a complete domination part of that was in the second half yeah yeah that was losing Naheem Hines one of the best running backs in the ACC he got injured and uh, what's the status on him for the game on Saturday
1: Naheem Hines uh, he's feeling a lot better he's still listed as questionable to play with a sprained ankle but But expected to play yeah he's definitely expected to play I think I mean he's our leading rusher he's important to our offense even if he's not a hundred percent I think he's going to play on Saturday
0: yeah well we really missed him in the game on uh, game versus Notre Dame. that was, that was a tough one to watch for the pack. If I had a dollar for every time the NBC reporters talked about how not fast our receivers were, I mean, they acted like we had sand in our cleats. To be fair, NBC is contractually obligated yeah. to gas up Notre Dame, no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Notre Dame games are always on NBC, but it was really irritating. Uh, but you know,
1: Ryan Finley I think,
0: threw his first interception of the season.
1: Yeah, I was about to talk about that play. I think we really just caught a bad break. I don't think Notre Dame was off sides. Yeah. I mean, I looked at the replay. Yeah, I saw that It as well. really appeared like they were, yep. especially if you were under center, or not under center, but uh, shotgun, behind the yeah. line of scrimmage. Finley just, um, I mean, it's one of his few poor decisions all year. He should have just thrown it away or thrown it way out in front of the receiver. Instead, if you um, lead the ball right into the cornerback, obviously it was a pick six. Yeah. Uh, that that killed our momentum. That pretty much ended our chances of winning that game.
0: Yeah, you really can't blame Finley for anything except for maybe the throw.
1: Yeah, maybe the one throw, but the one throw didn't um, decide a 21-point game. Yeah, that's we, true. We could not stop. Uh, is his name Mike Adams?
0: I think? Uh, Josh Adams, Josh I Adams. Think. Yeah, Josh Adams. He is a beast. He was the first runner yeah. to get over 100 yards against NC State, and he had the, 200. The scary thing about Josh
1: Adams is that he's doing it on very few carries. His yards per carry is... Over nine. Over nine, which going is... Going
0: into that game. Yeah, so yeah it's,
1: going going into that game. I think it's even higher now. So he's averaging, picking up a first down every time he gets the ball.
0: That's incredible, in my opinion. Should yeah, be one of the leading really candidates for the Heisman. He's, yeah, and there's of course there's Saquon Barkley... Yeah, but uh, Notre Dame had over 300 yards of rushing, and NC State had 50. Part of that is due to Naheem Hines being injured and them having one of the best running backs in the country. Passing, Finley had a under 50% completion percentage, which was the first time this year that that's yeah. happened to him. And it's partly due to not having a running game. You know, if it's, Also, Notre Dame has an amazing defensive line. Yeah, they do. They really uh, knocked around Finley, got pressure, um, I think once particular- the first time I've seen Finley consistently under pressure all year the yeah. offensive line has done a great job all season he was one of the least pressured quarterbacks yeah. in the country and Notre Dame was just you know having breakfast in the backfield sometimes I can, I can
1: remember one particular play it was on the Kelvin Harmon touchdown when I think it was Gillaspie had a ri- an awesome uh, all, yeah, pick up the blitz that. block but
0: that allowed- he had to do
1: that just to keep Finley on his feet. Yeah. He and had Finley to still eight- took a hit, too. Yeah. Finley still took a hit. Um, that's what was incredible to me, honestly, was that even when we were picking up the blitz, our quarterback was, even when we were throwing
0: touchdowns, our quarterback was still, yeah, he was getting down. hammered. Yeah. I still think uh, Finley's an NFL quarterback. Honestly, I'm surprised at how far, how NC State didn't drop that far down because. Someone like that doesn't have a big name for a football school, it seems like every time they lose, they're like, all right, let's knock the non-football schools down the rankings and put those names up the rankings. I think think
1: it's because of how high they moved Notre Dame up once they start realizing, wow, this team almost beat the best team in the country, which, I mean, I'm going to say it. Georgia's the best team in the country. They're the only team to even come close to beating Georgia. you got to put them higher than number nine.
0: Yeah, that's true. And so I— I'm grateful to still be in the top 25. Absolutely. It would be ridiculous if we weren't, but that's just something that would happen to NC State. What
1: do you think is going to happen on Saturday? Homecoming game against
0: Clemson. Wow. Redemption um, match. I certainly hope I get a ticket to the game. <laughs> uh, Kelly Bryant is kind of iffy for uh, Clemson. He's had some health issues as, as well. Uh, I hope Bradley Chubb has a really big game. I think we really, really need Naheem Hines. How many points do you think we have to score to win this game? I don't, if we don't get more than 30, I don't think we're winning this okay. football game. So I you think, think
1: Clemson scores 30 points uh, around there?
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be a really good game and a really close game, which, by the way, is at 3.30 on ABC. So it's going to be primetime national television. The entire country is just about is going to be watching that Saturday afternoon game. Yeah, interestingly enough, uh, Virginia Tech
1: plays Miami later in the day. That game is also that's a night game, also on ABC. Essentially, the winners of these games will likely go on to meet in the ACC championship.
0: And uh, in the case of Virginia Tech and Miami, is is Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech has one loss? Virginia
1: Tech lost to Clemson, but Miami's undefeated, and they don't play Clemson in the regular season. So So, Miami could very well be undefeated going into the ACC championship, hopefully against a matchup, or hopefully to a matchup against A two-loss
0: NC State team, which if NC State, basically if NC State gets to the ACC championship, And because a win on Saturday would make it where Clemson's not a contender for the playoff, and then you know in the ACC championship they beat Virginia Tech or Miami, those teams aren't. So we might not have a team in the playoff for the ACC as good as they've been all year.
1: As good as they've been, um, honestly, I if Miami gets to the championship undefeated, I think they're going to go to the playoff even if they lose to NC State. Really, I I really do. I mean, you have Penn
0: State, Ohio State, uh, Georgia, and Alabama, Wisconsin. Yeah. All those I think teams
1: you may get two from um, the SEC, but I really think that they're obviously going to take the winner of the SEC championship yes. It's just a tradition they have to <laughs> but um you could see two teams from the SEC but I really think uh, I think Georgia beats Alabama I think you're going to see Georgia I think you're going to see Wisconsin out of the big 10 mm-hmm. I think you're going to see Oklahoma and then I think you're going to see either Clemson
0: or Miami out of the ACC. I've always thought Oklahoma was a little bit overrated because they, um, I mean, I really like Baker Mayfield. Only team beat Ohio State. Well, They did it on their field. They haven't, they've been close with some really bad teams. Yeah, they also lost to Iowa State. Which is now in the top 25.
1: Yeah, they're a top 25 team, only two losses so far. So, honestly, I I have faith. I think Baker Mayfield, only two picks on the year, 19 touchdowns,
0: Heisman candidate. Honestly, get it done. if we had beaten Notre Dame, I think uh, that would have put Ryan Finley in the Heisman talk as well. So let's that,
1: move on to Panthers though.
0: Panthers football, right? There's good, and then there's not so good. The good news is we beat Tampa Bay seventeen to three again, a second consecutive week of the defense allowing only a field goal, except they did it versus the second-ranked passing offense in the NFL in Jameis Winston in 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 the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cam Newton in the offense did just enough yeah. to get that, eek out that victory versus the Bucks. I'd, li-
1: I'd like to say it's the other way around. I think the defense simply bought our offense time to
0: work itself out. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair yeah. enough. I think the defense bought us time. 17 points is not going to win an average game in the NFL. It's not, and that's what I'm worried about. And I'm worried about we're getting these Ws now, and we're thinking, okay, Mike Shule is fine. We can keep him in the offense. <laughs> and the answer is no, we can't because our offense is terrible, we're last in the NFL in rushing right now at two point twenty 29th, actually.
1: 3.8. 3.8. 3.8 yards per carry, but we're 7th in rush attempts. So, yeah, so
0: we're very... It
1: tells me our yardage is somewhere in the middle. Got to hand it off
0: on the middle. Up the middle, right up the middle between the tackles with Christian McCaffrey on first down, if you yeah. don't do that. You're just not going to feel right about yourself as an offensive coordinator. I just think
1: conceptually, like, we've been going about it wrong. you got to run Stewart out the middle. you got to get McCaffrey in space. I don't think McCaffrey's a running back. I'm going to say that right now. I think he's a wide receiver, like, naturally. Yeah, he probably is the best receiver he, on the Panthers. No, like, I think he's going to play wide receiver. I, th- I think he's going to switch positions because he's having trouble breaking arm tackles. He's having trouble finding his space. Uh, running between the tackles, even running outside the tackles. He really can't find the edge. He's an awesome pass catcher, probably has the best hands on our team, maybe other than Greg Olson or Ed
0: Dixon. Or previously Calvin Benjamin. Calvin Benjamin had some nice hands when he was on the Panthers. Calvin Benjamin had our right hands. I would would trust Thomas Davis catching a pass more than Calvin Benjamin. Really? Yeah. Well, maybe you're not the only one because we traded... Uh, <laughs> kelvin benjamin to the buffalo bills earlier in the week as you've probably already heard as a listener yeah we got th- basically nothing yeah a third round pick isn't like it's not nothing i guess but we spent a first round pick on kelvin benjamin and we only got a third and a seventh in return three minutes before the trade deadline and that was cam newton's favorite target
1: now i'm I, i'm very disappointed in our front office
0: yeah i'm I can see the pros and cons of the trade, but you, you go go ahead with your thoughts about it.
1: I really think, um, well, number one, Marty Herney was our GM before Dave Gettleman. We fired him, hired Dave Gettleman, uh, fired Dave Gettleman, and then hired Marty Herney again. Called him an interim GM, but I knew what Jerry Richardson was doing. He just wanted a yes man. He wanted someone who's going to say yes to whatever he wants. Kel- I-, I guarantee you, Jerry Richardson was like, he saw Kelvin Benjamin's effort which was an issue, yes. absolutely. And he said, if somebody offers you a trade for him,
0: I want him gone. Now, I will the Bills point were out, the only team calling for Kelvin Benjamin. The Bills' only team calling, that's not speculation, but as far as in-house about what Richardson Mayermanoff said, that is just strictly speculation. Absolute,
1: absolutely it's speculation, but all I know is that Marty Herney is... Um, not like, a big
0: fan of Marty Herney. Not
1: a big fan of Marty Herney at all, honestly. I think Marty Herney is going to go with what uh, Jerry Richardson wants the culture to be, The reason Gettleman got fired is because... I mean, there's a lot of reasons Gettleman got Mm -hmm. fired. But I think the biggest is that him and Richardson had different views for the franchise.
0: Yeah, just how you should treat your best players and David Gettleman just didn't think you should at all. That's the thing. I think...
1: a lot of times Jerry Richardson thought our best players from the past were going to be our best players from the future, and Gettleman was like, no, we need to move on from these players. Like Steve Smith, okay, I didn't like that
0: as a fan. At the time, I did not like that. At the that.
1: time, I did not like that, but it really helped Cam Newton's development. Yes. Moving on from D'Angelo Williams, uh, he may have helped us win, but I really think it also helped Stewart's development Excuse me, development and Cam's as a runner.
0: Yeah, I, I just didn't
1: think, see that. I, I knew as soon as we hired Marty Herney, I knew he wasn't going to be an interim GM Because he he does whatever Jerry Richardson wants.
0: That's what most owners are with their GMs, to be fair. Because you're hiring them to do what you want. Like, they're doing a job for you. They're working for you. Yeah, but I think Jerry
1: Richardson, like, I think he cares more about being a respectable program than he does about winning. And there's obviously, it's obviously important to be a respectable program. But I remember when Cam Newton got drafted, he told Cam, he said, you're not going to have tattoos. You're not going to be acting like a thug as my quarterback. And that's, like, the reason he drafted him was because he said, like, here, you have to act this way if you're going to be my quarterback. I don't think Cam Newton was he, I think he before w- anyway. He wasn't. But I think he was, like, insinuating that he might do it. And I think he wanted his culture to be a certain way rather than he would about winning. Like, I think if, uh, I honestly think if Cam Newton started, like, getting tattoos and doing things like maybe Colin Kaepernick was doing speaking out mm-hmm. like that. I think Jerry Richardson would trade him. I really do, and I think that's the problem, because Jerry Richardson
0: would probably trade him for a guy like a guy like Jay Cutler, a guy who's going to listen to whatever he says. I will disagree in that. I really like Jay uh, Jerry Richardson as an owner. I don't think he would ever trade Cam Newton for Jay Cutler. But that's I think we're not trying to run happen. him out of can- out of town. Oh yeah, right now. I mean, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I'm just really frustrated. We're five and three. I have stuff to be excited about. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I see the pros of getting rid of Benjamin because it, I think it has that similar effect of Steve Smith was a good receiver and Cam Newton relied on him a lot. Well, oh, that's the thing. But like, taking Steve Smith away kind of opened Cam up a little bit to throw to other people. And Benjamin and Funchess were kind of redundant. They were kind of the same player, except all of a sudden Funchess started being better than Kelvin Benjamin. And part of that has to do with the ACL tear. Yeah, I think the whole Benjamin reason yeah. the
1: whole reason that Benjamin has his production has fallen off is is because of his ACL tear. Now, I mean, I love Kelvin Benjamin, great guy, but I don't think mm-hmm. he fits in our offense. And I I agree with the trading of him. I just don't agree with what we got back.
0: Yeah, that's and, my
1: biggest issue. We should have gone after. One of the Bills receivers, maybe Zay Jones, maybe Jordan Matthews, someone who can spread the field like Marty Herney said he wanted us to do.
0: Well, I think part of it is just getting snaps for those fast receivers, like a Curtis Samuel's or a Russell Shepard. You know, yeah. There's only a certain amount of receivers you can play on the field, and you know, redu- uh, Curtis Samuel needs to be a running back.
1: McCaffrey needs to be getting those down the field stretches. I yeah. think he's the fastest player on our team.
0: Uh, McCaffrey is incredible at route running, and I really yeah. would like to see him play on the outside, not just in the slot. I think he could be an out wide, outside wide receiver. I think he could do any wide receiver position. I think
1: you're right, but. Yeah, I'd like to see that change, though. Samuel, running back McCaffrey, and if like we
0: had that. a new coordinator, John, we might actually have that happen. But unfortunately, we're probably if only we not. had the owner with the stones to fire an offensive coordinator midseason. Well, I don't know if the owners are a good owner. Doesn't really interfere that much, is what I think. In my opinion, you hire people to do a job and you let them do the job. Now you contend they're just well, yes you, people. I I just said
1: that he like um that gentleman was he wasn't letting Gettleman do his job because he was disagreeing with the way he was going about it. Now, I don't think Richardson is disagreeing with the way that
0: is uh, going about his job. He probably is. But that again, that's just I speculation. Hope, I hope he is. And we have a big game in the division coming up on Sunday versus the Falcons. Yes. That is 1 o'clock versus Atlanta and Julio Jones and is Matt Ryan. Is that a home Ryan. game? Yeah, that's home. Okay. Yeah, I have, I have a friend that's going to <laughs> yeah. that game. He's a Falcons fan, so he got us to that game a while ago. But... Julio Jones has had one touchdown all year, which has not been great for fantasy owners because I took him in top five and two drafts, but I'm I'm hoping he doesn't wait until the game versus the Panthers, who have a top three defense right now, to just absolutely explode, and Julio Jones just goes for 200 yards, and Matt Ryan goes right back to his 2016 MVP form because, honestly, the Falcons have been underwhelming this year at four and three.
1: Yeah, um, they lost to the Dolphins, they barely beat the Jets on Sunday. I mean, barely. Barely. Yeah, I mean, the Jets had a ta- a chance to win. They had a possession. Uh I mean, they were pretty mm-hmm. far back in their own territory, but still. But I mean, I don't know. I really think I think this game is very very important to the rest of our season.
0: Yeah, cuz now the Saints are number 1 in the division after starting out 0 and 2 and they are looking like legitimate Super Bowl contender because that defense is finally giving Drew Brees some help. That came out of nowhere, honestly. I did not expect. I don't know. To that came out all. of the Panthers game. The defense was so bad going into the game versus the Panthers, the zero and two Saints, and all of a yeah. sudden they just saw Cam Newton and became a good defense. Yeah, makes me wonder why was Rob Ryan there down there for that long? I thought no one could make the New Orleans defense good. Whoever's their defensive coordinator right now is going to get whatever job he wants in the NFL when it comes up into the season because well, that man's a not, genius. Thankfully it's not Greg Williams. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that yeah. that's true. Yeah. Greg Williams is still a coordinator somewhere. I think So
1: uh talking about Panthers, Falcons, that's actually my pick for upset of the week. I think Ooh. the Panthers are going to upset the Falcons. Even though we're playing at home, even though we have a better record, I think the Falcons are a
0: better team, but I think we upset them. Taking the Panthers as an upset. Last week. Both of you and I went one and one. So that yeah. ended my week uh streak of four straight weeks of getting all the games right. Congrats. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm patting myself on the back right now. But um twelve and four, you're still eight and eight, so I have to go some oh and two weeks, which won't happen, especially this week, since my upset this week.
1: We're halfway through the season. There's no reason I couldn't come back.
0: Well, you can't because I'm not gonna, you know, I'm I'm not LeBron here. I'm not gonna choke it up. You know, I'm going to continue. Let's to... not talk about LeBron. <laughs> Give me your picks. Redskins <laughs> over the Seahawks are my upset of the week. That's a good pick. Because the Seahawks are always favored, and I don't know why. I literally read an article where the guy said the Seahawks could lose five straight games and I would still pick them to win. That's how good they are. Like, Their defense is rough right now. Well, I, I still think they're overrated, and they always will be. What yeah. is your lock of the week? Texans you... over the Colts. Uh the Colts, they got shut out by the Jaguars and then they uh
1: lost a close one to the Bengals, who I really don't think are a good team at all. The Bengals are playing a lot better since
0: they fired their offensive coordinator. That's true. Deshaun Watson, though, threw for four wow.
1: touchdowns, four hundred yards. I think he has nineteen um, touchdowns
0: right now, and he didn't even play the first few games of the 19 season. Nineteen
1: touchdowns and he didn't play the the first half of the first game. So he has been playing most oh, of okay. the games. Yeah. And he actually a threw short. a touchdown in that game, but still, um, set the rookie record for most touchdowns in his first nine games, which is an oddly specific stat, but um, <laughs> they always are.
0: Yeah, I think I think they beat the Colts. How about you? What's your ups or your lock of the week? My lock of the week is the Oakland Raiders over the Miami Dolphins, who have the worst offense in the NFL, probably right. That's not debatable. Yeah, They're right. R- right below the Panthers, and then
1: they just traded Jay Ajayi for a fourth round pick.
0: Yeah, speaking of teams trading away good players for almost nothing. And that
1: trade was a lot worse than the
0: Kelvin yes, Benjamin trade. I'm was. so
1: glad I'm not a Miami
0: Dolphins fan. Yeah, and then they gave him to the Eagles. Thank you, Miami. Thank you. They. It, it's <laughs> as if the Eagles...
1: We're not going to catch the Eagles. we are, We got to come from basically three games down.
0: Well, if they just fly a little lower, the Panthers can jump up. Well, they have a tiebreaker. Them. Yeah, that's we're true. But we're going to get down. them in the playoffs, John. Get them in the playoffs. Carson Wentz, so. second-year player. So that is my lock of the week is the Raiders over the Dolphins. As far as fantasy football, you and I are both into it as well. People that follow the show know we do start them, sit them. So for this week, who is a guy that most people want, but they absolutely should start? Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he's going to get, especially in a
1: PPR league, he's going to get a lot of catches, especially with the absence of Kelvin Benjamin. Mm -hmm. Going to get a lot of carries, too, against the Falcons defense that is not that great against the run. Uh, Gave up some yards to Bilal Powell and Mm -hmm. Jay Ajayi when he was with Miami. Um, for Sidham I'm going to say Jordy Nelson uh, because okay. I'm not right. I'm very unsure about their their quarterback
0: situation. Yeah, Brett Hudley has been playing. He's going to
1: be going up against um, Darius
0: Slay from Detroit, a very good cornerback. I don't like that matchup. So sitting Jordy Nelson, I would say I'm telling you you should start Orleans Darkwood, the running back for the Giants as they are playing the Los Angeles Rams, and you should just start Darkwood. asking no questions. Just rely on my expertise behind a radio microphone and uh, bench Matt Ryan versus the Panthers. I actually agree with Fair you enough. that the Panthers will come out with that win on Sunday versus the Falcons. Moving
1: on to some NBA. Yes. Uh,
0: yeah, the Charlotte Hornets got two quality wins this past week. Yep, 4 and three, eighth in the Eastern Conference. They beat, at the time, a one-loss Magic team who we talked about as a possible playoff team. Yes. Maybe a slight overreaction. They have three players averaging 20-plus points per game. Is it Gordon? Aaron Gordon, Evan John, Fournier, and Nikola uh, Vucevic. It's not Jonathan Simmons? No. Oh. He comes off the bench. Uh, I thought he was really good for Orlando. I haven't been keeping up with Orlando Oh, he's definitely
1: good on defensive purposes.
0: Yeah. yeah. And they also had a 4th quarter comeback versus the Memphis Grizzlies, who are 5-1 and number one in the Western Conference at the time. They're still number one in the Western Conference. So, but, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a really good win Poor Charlotte, they're looking like a good team you know Dwight Howard is is having a career year as far as rebounding goes. Career he, I wouldn't say career year he's having the best year he's had in about five years. Well, for yeah, sure because he just disappeared and scoring his low reboundings up. Lo, lo and behold, he gets back with Steve Clifford who was with him in Orlando and he's having a, a pretty good year for Charlotte and we have that rim protector Frank Kaminsky. They just put him one on one. Frank
1: Kaminsky has been balling out this season.
0: I watched them play. They just hand Frank the ball on the elbow and they just say, go to work. If he's against someone bigger, he'll shoot over or drive around versus someone smaller. He'll back him down from 17 feet. It's just beautiful to watch. If this Frank is here to
1: stay, I will forever defend picking him over Justice Winslow but he's not hasn't done anything in it yeah he's also been injured he tore his labrum oh well yeah i'm jeremy lamb is averaging 17 points per game right now nice surprise yeah Batum's not even playing right now of course with his ucl injury We just got mkg back as well mkg back cody zeller back yeah when batum comes back and malik monk starts shooting better uh from the field which is going to happen he's a rookie
0: we're going to be a legit team i think maybe not a title contender but a top four team in the east yeah, for sure because it's it's the East. I think Malik Monk. I wasn't so high on him as you were, but I watched him versus Memphis and this was a guy as a rookie that was just fearless taking players one-on-one. He takes a high volume of shots. He's a lot of confidence. Yes. And I he has that killer instinct confidence that I think the number one player on a team has to have Kemba Walker has it very underrated player in the NBA yeah he played in New York everyone would know a lot more about Kemba Walker but he plays in Charlotte so no one cares Kemba
1: Walker has it Kyrie has it uh Blake Griffin has it now yeah um I think yeah we're seeing that mentality
0: I wouldn't say it's uh I I think Kemba doesn't
1: necessarily have the Kobe mentality I think I think Monk has it Monk definitely has the Kobe mentality he scored 15 points uh, shooting five for fifteen, so not the greatest percentage from the field, but he's still producing mm-hmm. numbers. Yeah, so still producing.
0: Hopefully, he'll be more efficient, and I think he will be a lot better player. And of course, Dwayne Bacon is really looking good as well for the Hornets. And I'm I'm really confident and looking forward to watching them for the rest of the year. They're playing the Bucks tonight at seven o'clock. That's uh the Bucks led by the Greek Freak, a very improved. Milwaukee Bucks <laughs> very team very improved. Well, yeah.
1: the, the team is not necessarily the most improved until they get Jabari Parker back, of course. Yeah. In Second ACL February. tear, that is. Yeah, that I is, feel terrible for him. Honestly, uh, one of my favorite players in college, even though he played at Duke. Um, but yeah, I, I really hope he comes back and does well. But Giannis, in my opinion, is the MVP
0: as of right now. Yeah, he he's keeping it up. He had a down night the other night, scoring twenty eight points and eight rebounds, and I think a that's, down night. <laughs> yeah, that was a down night <laughs> yeah. for the Greek freak. So, so, some surprising teams this year. The Cavs are 3-4. and Yeah, there's nothing to worry about
1: at all. That's all I'm going to say. All they have to do is be a top-four seed in the playoffs. They're going to be fine. Isaiah Thomas is going to come back around Christmas. They won't have to play Derrick Rose so much. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. They could rest Derrick Rose some for the playoffs, uh, rest D. Wade some, uh, make sure LeBron gets the rest that he needs. I mean, they lost to the Knicks and the Nets, but... To be fair, those teams have actually been playing a lot better than I expected they were. Did you I see the, the were. guy
0: in New York? I think his name is like Dinwiddle or something like that. Dinwiddie. He's from Brooklyn. Spencer. He's back up to Russell. Russell's back now. but His name is Dinwiddie. Yeah. That's hilarious. And I it, Not necessarily. That is so funny. That is a really funny name. And he's okay. averaging like 18 points a game for them or something. Like 12. But still, pretty good for a backup point guard. Yeah, I, did not, I had Porzingis never heard of that has guy. been balling out. Yes. He's scoring, I think.
1: Like six games of thirty I think points he's this year. Third
0: in the NBA in scoring right yeah, now. Yeah, he's definitely going to be an All Star. Yep. And so finally, to conclude the show, we kind of been doing this every week. We always close out with baseball, but the World Series Game Seven. Best two words in sports. Always Dodgers Astros. You called it uh, before the playoffs even started. You said Dodgers Astros. You said Dodgers would win. Are you sticking to that?
1: Yeah, I'm sticking to it. I'm definitely pulling for the Astros uh, because I typically pull for the American League when uh, it's not the Cubs. But the matchup, uh, Lance McCullers for the Astros, 1-0 in the playoffs, and Hugh Darvish for the Dodgers, 2-1 in the playoffs. Um, I really think the Astros have the pitching advantage as of right now, but in this World Series, you never know. So you think the Dodgers pull it out and get the World Series? I think the Dodgers win, but I would not be surprised if the Astros win. A, record, have... a record number of home runs has been hit in this postseason the season, let alone and the postseason, and now the World Series, there's uh, it's a nightmare for pitchers. So what I don't night know is what the Game Seven? Is that tomorrow night? That's tonight. That's tonight. Eight o'clock. Yep. Woo. Alrighty. The greatest game in sports, besides maybe the Super Bowl and Game Seven of the Finals. Yeah, Game, game seven, seven of the Finals seven of the World is Series. pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Well, that about wraps it up for us here at WKNC on Packers Live Sports Show. Happy All Saints Day to you, if if you know if you're religious. I have to go to Mass later tonight. Uh, John, I always look forward to doing the show with you, and I always have a blast. I appreciate your input and your expertise in many areas other than you know picking the NFL games. I appreciate games. you experiencing my expertise, quote-unquote. All righty, <laughs> so that is all. That was Packers Life Sports Show coming at you live from 5 o'clock, and we're going to be right back here next week at that same time on 88.1 WKNC. I'm Benjamin Denton. I'm John Hinton. And we'll see you all next week.